This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks for being with us. Well, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says it should not have been a surprise to anybody when Canada declined to sign an agreement in principle on Friday, updating the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade deal. He says the decision to keep negotiating for a better deal in the 11-country pact led to the abrupt cancellation of a TPP leaders meeting. At the summit, you might recall the headlines, and there were many of them when there was, well, when that happened. So we're going to talk more about the TPP, what's happening with the trade agreement and why it is an important one for Canada. And joining us on the line to talk about that is Carlo Dade, Trade and Investment Centre Director with the Canada West Foundation. Carlo, great to chat with you again. Morning, Jill. Thanks for having me back. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, what is your take on how things are unfolding uh, with the negotiations and with trying to sign a, a new TPP? Well, it's been, you know, the, the, there's that old Chinese expression, uh, better to be a dog in times of peace than a, a man in times of chaos. And the, the situation in Da Nang at the Apex Summit certainly was the epitome of chaos uh, at a leader summit. This wasn't, uh, and it's attributable, I think, solely to one leader, um, Justin Trudeau and, and Canada. So in terms of an introduction to Asia and an introduction to the Association uh, Asian Pacific Economic Cooperation, which is the largest economic meeting in um in Asia, or arguably around the Pacific, you know, it was a hell of a way to make an introduction, and um, one that I think will keep on making impressions for years to come, and not in a positive way. Uh, so do you think, I mean, we were told, A, it was a scheduling conflict, uh, then, then that it's a negotiating tactic. What do you think it was? Uh, if anyone believes it's a uh, scheduling conflict, I've got a bridge in uh, <clears throat> one of the boroughs of New York that you can have for five bucks. Uh, no, it, it was it, it was uh, it was a tactic. It, it was a stunt, um, and I think uh, in the Asian context, and again speaking broadly and using terms like Asian context, um, I don't think it will be uh, well perceived coming down the pike. Look, we've been negotiating the TPP eleven, a uh, TPP, a Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement, without the U.S. Uh, ever since Trump came into office and withdrew. Uh, negotiators from the countries have been meeting every few weeks. And we've had plenty of time to, to work out these issues or to announce before the summit, uh, before we embarrassed uh, Japanese Prime Minister Abe, we had plenty of time to, uh, to announce that we couldn't, uh, we couldn't come to an agreement or to try a, a, and work on these issues. So it's, um, you know, again, not a good introduction to Canada, a country that I would remind your listeners has only one trade agreement in Asia. Uh, we're in, I think, last place on this side of the Pacific, along with Ecuador, uh, I think even uh, tied with Nicaragua for a um, number of trade agreements on the other side of the uh, Pacific. So it's a place where we have to make lots of room for, we have to make lots of improvement. It's especially important for the Pacific facing parts, the Asian facing parts of this country, uh, like Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan. <laughs> And the idea, or or with being Canadians being told this is all part of getting a better deal, uh, is that possible? Do you think? That's uh, you know, I, I would think no. I think there are things that could be done, uh, surface things um, that could be done to make the agreement perhaps look better, that help countries sell it domestically, and this is what we've seen countries do. Um, there's also some need to correct 
issues with the U.S. no longer part of the agreement. But again, that's what the negotiators have been working on by meeting every few months over the summer. Um, so I don't think that we can get, in terms of a, a better deal uh, than the one that we, we've gotten on the table, there was agreement to remove uh, or to reduce or to limit the chapter on intellectual property, which was a major worry for several uh, in Canada, including us at Canada West Foundation. We were always worried about the intellectual property arrangements. But those have been reduced uh, in the treaty itself, and the fact that the U.S. isn't part of the treaty also reduces their potential impact. There's some talk in Ottawa and back east that um, you know by agreeing to the TPP, the Americans will be able to force us to agree to NAFTA. And, you know, that comes as a surprise to many countries, including Mexico, which is saying, what are you talking about? Because we agreed to something in the TPP, we tell the Americans you wanted NAFTA, put an offer on the table, negotiate it again. Completely different agreement. So there's a lot of worry in this country about NAFTA that I think is completely misguided and misplaced. Uh, the TPP actually gives us an advantage in the NAFTA talks by us and Mexico having something that the U.S. doesn't have, which is better access to 10 other markets around the Pacific. And and what about the idea, and uh, I've seen people been seen people writing about this or saying this, that, that it is an important deal to Canada. However, no deal is better than a bad deal. That's absolutely true, but I don't see how you pick this up, turn it around, shake it, put it under a microscope, and get bad deal out of it. We get, under this agreement, we basically take market share from the Americans. Think of it this way. Japan was the prize for us in the TPP, also keeping up with the other countries that were signing an agreement um, and, and going further ahead of us. Again, we have one agreement. They all have many agreements amongst themselves. That was hugely important. But hundreds of millions of dollars a year cattle, hundreds of millions of dollars a year in vegetable and beef, $71 million a year in timber, above what we would have gotten in the TPP-12, the TPP with the U.S. All this we get in this agreement. Why? Because the Americans, when they were part of it, were able to get better conditions from countries like Japan and Vietnam than we ever could have gotten had we negotiated bilaterally. Countries weren't going to put on the table for us in bilateral negotiations what they would put on in the 10-party pact with the U.S. The U.S. gets up, leaves the agreement. They essentially get up from the table and shove their chips across the table to us. We'll take their market share in Japan and beef. We'll take their market share in fruits and vegetables in Vietnam. We'll take their market share in timber in Australia. So it's just, I don't know how you can possibly construe that with a bad deal for Canada, especially for the West. Now, Central Canada, the auto sector is a little less happy, but you know, who listens to Western Canada? Who listens to the commodity producers in this country? Um, certainly not this government. Uh, do you think that uh, Justin Trudeau can come back from uh, from his no show and uh, can can after embarrassing other leaders uh, can he recover from that? Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, predicting this sort of thing is a mugs game. Um, you know, I called the U.S. election <laughs> completely wrong. So my ability as a prognosticator is um, I, I, I would just you know put a, a, a self depreciating comment on that. I don't know. Um, you know, the Asian context is different. We're used to negotiating in Latin America, and the Latin American countries are used to us. They're used to us shoving things like gender uh, equality down their throats when they want to talk about trade. They're more than happy to talk about gender and work on gender equality issues, but not in trade agreements. Um, and so this whole 
progressive trade push. We're only going to talk to you if you adopt our values as we represent our values. Um, and this, this bit about walking out of a meeting and embarrassing Abe, I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be a tough road uh, to get back from. And, you know, Asia doesn't have to buy from us. Uh, we often forget that in this country. We've seen what happened with uh, China and canola last year, India and pulses. Even though we're a major exporter, um, these countries don't feel that um, you know, they have to trade with Canada. So it's, it's on us to make an impression. And again, I would stress, um, you know, all our competitors, Chile has close to a dozen trade agreements on the other side of the Pacific. Peru has five times as many trade agreements as we have on the other side of the Pacific. And if you're in British Columbia, you export salmon, Chile exports salmon. You export timber, Chile exports timber. You export wine, Chile exports wine. You export minerals, Chile exports minerals. So they're competitors for us in these markets that are signing trade agreements, that are showing up to meetings, that aren't walking out, that are supporting things like the TPP. You know, the road's just gotten tougher for us on the other side of the Pacific. All right, Carlo, we'll have to leave it there. We're out of time. But uh, once again, thank you so much. Great to have you back on the show. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.